So here's where I need help. I'm trying to come up with a faith-based movie pitch based on What About Bob, one of the most underrated comedies of the 90s. I think Bill Murray was fantastic in that movie, and I think we could do something where, you know, we have Christian counselors at the church, and, you know, you're trying to pass off, they're trying to pass off a member who, and they're trying to use, it's God's will that you're going to this other pastor, or it's, or it's God's will that you, you need to see this other pastor for Christian counseling. Because I think the, um, the person, the subject, the Bill Murray character would be probably named Ben would be the annoying, the annoying guy that even the pastor can't stand sometimes at church. He's usually a greeter of some sort. And I think he would be, have to have some type of psychosis just like Bob and in, in the movie. But I think what would, I think the plot, here's where I think the plot would differ. I think instead of, you know, the therapist going off to vacation, it would be the pastor going on a mission trip and leaving, leaving Ben alone for that period of time. And Ben signing up last minute or tracking down the pastor in the country wherever he decided to uh, do his mission trip. And I think... If, here's where I need help unpacking this this faith-based movie is what's the so how are we getting back to it being a faith-based movie and how and what's the murder scene going to be like because we are we already know that this Christian this Christian pastor has wrote, written a book um, called Jesus Steps and he is going to have an interview with Christianity Today that Ben totally railroads. But the part that I'm having trouble um, coming up with is the climax where, you know, the, uh, the therapist tries to murder Bill Murray. All right, so thank you, Zach. Amazing yes. pitch. <laughs> I've got thoughts. What about Ben? <laughs> I've got thoughts since you uh, since you requested help with this. I have some thoughts, and I'll let Casey give her give her thoughts. Uh, first of all, the book, the doctor's book. I think I don't think it's called Jesus Steps. I think you have to put the word liturgy in there somewhere. <laughs> I think it becomes <laughs> liturgy of steps. A liturgy of steps. You know what? Or habits. <laughs> the liturgy of habits. <laughs> <laughs> My pastors are really into the habits books. <laughs> yeah, and then it's got some kind of sickening subtitle, like uh, exploring the seven habits that can renew your walk with the Lord or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so you asked for help with the, with the murder plot. So this is problematic for Pure Flix film. Uh, we also didn't talk about casting. Kevin Sorbo is the doctor, I think. The pastor. The pastor. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I'm mixing the two plus. <laughs> Kevin Sorbo is the pastor. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think who would be Ben. Hmm. Uh, could one of the Duck Dynasty guys be Ben? <laughs> With the beard and everything, that'd be so weird. I'd love it. Anyway. Um, Okay, so the murder part, that's tricky. I think, let's put a spiritual spin on this. I don't know if this totally works. I'll, I'll ask Casey, but when, 
you know, the thing that's in the movie, the thing that sets him over the edge is when Bob meets his sister. Uh-huh. So I think in the faith-based version, the sister is a non-believer. Mm. And his plan is to just push Ben towards the sister, thinking, like, the sister is going to corrupt him. <laughs> but then plot twist... It's a missionary dating scenario that actually works. And Ben <laughs> converts the sister. Sister's now a believer. And then they have like a, a, you know, a Christian wedding. And I think that's when the pastor kind of breaks. Because the pastor's got to officiate the wedding. And he breaks down. Yeah. And the sister can be like a, like a hyper feminist uh, <laughs> secular counselor. Right? <laughs> like the opposite of the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> Like how you deal with him. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Sister is played by... Is Patricia Heaton too old to play the sister? Yes. I don't know. Patricia Heaton and Kevin Sorber, they're about the same age, so that might work. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking sure. about it. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Kevin Sorbo is the Ben character. And then that would work if he got with Patricia Heaton as a sister. Okay. And then we have to have another pastor. Kirk Cameron. <laughs> yeah, I thought about him. I don't know who's in all the faith-based movies. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to say. Um, Kevin Costner. No, no, no. I'm going to say Eric Roberts. Okay, hold on. I have to look that person up. I Julie, think I know who it is. Julie Roberts' brother. He has gray hair. He was yes. uh, the the mob boss in The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's That's also, her brother. That's really her brother. Yeah, and he's always he's he's in recent years he's really been down for the uh, faith based <laughs> movies. Faith based movies. You know, <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy. We could go Gary Busey put gary Busey in there for ben uh, but that'd be that actually would work I, if we want to trend older with that i don't know that's, <laughs> that's a lot oh gary is is this the right place in his life for a little shia labeouf coming in here <laughs> can we cast him we could go younger let's go younger shia labeouf as the pastor justin bieber as ben Oh, interesting. Interesting. Then you got a little crossover appeal for it to be like a a mainstream movie. Maybe? Shia LaBeouf has ha- had some problematic news lately. I think we should steer clear of him for casting choices. Huh. Okay. Who else? Well, then if we're going younger than... I do like Justin Bieber as the pastor. Okay, so if we're going younger, then Sadie Robertson is definitely the sister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful beautiful we're figuring it out we're figuring it out i think people would watch it yeah <laughs> I, need a, I need a writing credit for this though i need to i need to be involved in the in the, in the rewrites you do so thank you zach anytime you yes. uh you know, this is I'm not going to say it's automatic. It's as close to an automatic thing as you probably get if you have a faith-based movie pitch and you just want to record yourself. <laughs> so it We're going to put it on the show. Probably, it's probably going on the show. <laughs> Let's just be honest. 
<laughs> All right, so let's talk about housekeeping. We got some housekeeping, and then we, uh, we're going to... I have a two-minute rant, and then Casey's got some girl talk at the end of the episode. Okay. Uh, housekeeping on Patreon. Let's see. We have another... We got taken to task by different Zach. This is a different Zach. There's so many of them. I think I... I don't think I read this before. I think I alluded to this before. We did last episode, or two episodes ago. Uh, we alluded to it, and then you were like, oh, we gotta talk about it. Yeah, that's exactly how I said it, with the, uh, with, with the, <laughs> the, the, the wife imitating the husband voice. Uh, <laughs> okay. Can I? Can I? Re- I'm going to read this with the reverse. I'm going to read this with the husband imitating the wife voice. I think you should read it, Alex Jones. Watch the boys. Sing the praise the Lord. <laughs> I'll just read it regularly. Rich Mullins wrote singing praise to the Lord. Me screaming at my phone while listening to episode 169. He wrote it. Amy Grant recorded it. And when it came out, he was apparently upset they cut the bridge to make it more radio-friendly. Sorry, I'm not just going to sit here and solid callback, Zach. Yes. And let Rich Mullins not get the credit he deserves. War Eagle, Zach and Auburn. Zach. Wow. We accept his criticism and we thank you for your interest. Yeah. Uh, We will accept any sort of TCM criticism. From our listeners, we do not have an ego <laughs> with these matters. If you if you try to criticize us by telling us we need to be Google more... lied to me, the Google lied to me. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you try to criticize us by saying that we need to grow up and have a serious podcast, we're probably not going to accept that. But mm-hmm. if you if you if you bring the receipts from CCM, yeah, okay, <laughs> yes, yeah, we're we're sorry, Rich. We're, we're down. For we that. know he's up there in heaven. Listen, Rich got wringing his wringing his hands. <laughs> Listen, Rich got Rich got two tracks on Wild ninety nine. He's doing all right. He's fine. He's fine. Pos- posthumous. How do you say that word? Posthumously. Yeah. Sure. That one. <laughs> okay uh also thank you to our patreon supporters it's been a while since we said thank you but we appreciate you guys supporting the show yes uh, thank you reminds me that i have to pay casey her share of the patreon <laughs> and i will do this in matt gates style by sending her a venmo with the subject line fun sexy bible time <laughs> Uh, uh, oh matt <laughs> not you the other one it's fine it's <laughs> fine okay uh yes thank you to our patrons we appreciate it we do we do and you can also buy our t-shirts at tpublic tpublic.com slash fsbt Something like yeah, that. Yeah, angelfire.com slash geocities <laughs> something. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Okay, I need two minutes to talk about the NCAA tournament. Uh, okay. Is this basketball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. I just... 
<laughs> just yanking your chain there. Okay, NCAA tournament. Is it over? Still going? <laughs> yeah, it's over. Uh, okay. Can we talk about why the NCAA tournament kind of sucks? Like, it's, it's like low-key... Low-key, it's not really that good. And I know that's contrary okay. because people get really excited about March Madness. But usually it's like the first couple rounds of March Madness when there's just a bunch of games on and everything's kind of happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. I kind of hate, and I do, I get sucked into it sometimes. I get sucked in like the team that I kind of enjoy and I'll start following them. And then something like this will always happen. And I think, why do I even pay attention to March Madness? Because it's stupid, it's asinine, and it's, it's, it's set up to make teams fail. Okay. Because you have a team that is Gonzaga. There's 31-0, 32-0. They make it to the Final Four. And they played the team from hell in UCLA. This is a team of destiny that is just pulling wins out of their butt. They're playing the best basketball they've ever played as a team. And they take Gonzaga to overtime. And just this excruciating, exhausting, mentally draining game. Gonzaga wins. And then they turn around 36 hours later and have to play the championship game. And they're just flat. They've got nothing. Like, they've shot their wide. It is gone. They are dead. They're dead. And you knew okay. you knew from the like from the tip off, you knew that like Gonzaga, I think they were down nine to nothing, like in the first three minutes. And like the game's over. The game's over. Baylor hit like five threes, like in the first few minutes, and then the game's over. Hmm. Why why do we do this? Like, why do we set the tournament up like this? Because how many times have we seen this, Casey? How many times have you personally seen this? Do we not see this with Wisconsin a few years ago? When they had that game from hell against Kentucky, and then they had to turn right around and play Duke in the championship game, and they were just dead. Like they had nothing. They had nothing in the title game for Duke. Mm. I think I think this happened yeah. to Kansas, like in two thousand three as well. Like Kansas just kind of got, uh, you know, ambushed by Syracuse in the title game. Kansas had this grueling path to the to the title game, and they had to play Syracuse. Jerry McNamara hits like five threes in the first half, and then the game's over. And it's like, well, why did I pay attention to this for an entire year just for this? This is stupid. The, the the best team rarely wins. That's why the NBA playoffs are superior. Thank you. I cede the floor. What is a Gonzaga? Is that a team? <laughs> well, in the movie Encino Man, uh, they call bosoms Gonzagas. 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 But yes, it's a, it's a university in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> okay. The Gonzaga Bulldogs. I'm glad you could get that off your chest. Thank you. The Gonzaga Bulldogs, but they also call them... Weighing heavily. Thank you. I won't have to listen to that again. Well, everybody wants to, you know, turn it into like the NCAA sucks, which the NCAA does suck. Like, give them, give them name, image, and likeness. So we'd, we'd still be playing NCAA games right now if you could do that. Mm. But also, mm. like the tournament itself is just set up in a in a dumb way. So dumb. Give them like an extra day in between the the title game. Wow! Wow! Thank you. You're welcome. What could I talk about for three minutes that you just have to stare at me and wonder what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you did the you did the bra size thing. That was... Yeah, that's true. I kind of, I kind of packed it that's in true. for, for that like one. I feel like you definitely earned that NCAA <laughs> tournament rant. 
there's been a there's been a couple you had that one let's see what else did you have um i don't know you've had a few yeah that's true but i also okay. feel like i feel like that that two or three minutes like that's a good rant time like you, yeah. anybody can survive a two-minute rant absolutely i would have listened longer i don't have anything like valuable to say but i'm here for you I could also talk about uh, when you change the starter on your van, and uh. and then it won't turn over, and you uh. have to wonder like, did I did I make all the connections correctly? I don't know because it doesn't work now. So mm. Mm. that'll be next week's rant. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a couple girl talk questions. First one is from Lindsay. She said it a few weeks ago, and then I forgot to include her the last time we did Girl Talk. I'm sorry, Lindsay. Okay, here's what she says. Casey, I don't know if this qualifies as Girl Talk, but I want to talk about husbands claiming, quote, they are tired during the little years of raising kids. Even typing out that question makes me angry. As an Enneagram 9, Matthew, I know you don't care about it, but she's she's owning this. I want to validate everyone's feelings and honor anyone if they are tired, but husbands need to read the room. Also, I agree about Dr. Seuss books. I get a headache whenever I read them to my kids. So, thank you, Lindsay, for saying that and validating my Dr. Seuss opinion. I appreciate that. Which, by the way, we really didn't get a lot of pushback on that. I was I was ready for it. I was bracing for the Dr. Seuss pushback. But as it turns out, I was right once again. <laughs> so, uh, I follow Lindsay. Lindsay and I follow each other on Instagram. Um, so I don't, I don't like know her, but you know, as much as you can kind of get a gauge on people by following them and what they post about and stuff. So, um, here's the thing. Everyone needs to read the room when mom is super tired. <laughs> uh, so I really appreciate that she said she wants to like honor everyone's feelings and obviously everybody gets tired regardless of if you have kids or if you don't have kids or if you're the one up in the night or not like you get tired and you feel tired so I do think that if there's like if and like when I was um went from one to two kids Darcy my second she woke up every 45 minutes for several months that child oh gosh I was nursing so there was really nothing for Danny to do but you know when we would get up during the day too we didn't just have this little newborn we also had a 20 month old to take care of so uh and I think at one point I put on social media like I really just don't want to hear how about how tired everyone else is. I, I legit put that on social media. And then 
uh, <laughs> someone made it a point the next time they were around me to say that they were tired. Like, to kind of poke the bear. Anyways, but I think it's good. And I think Lindsay knows this, like, based on things I've seen her post, that usually anger is, like, an indicator. And maybe the indicator is just that you're really tired. <laughs> but it could also be an indicator that um, you're not just, like, tired physically, but depleted in other ways. Uh, because of all of the pulls on you as a mom, not just the physical, um, but just what you're pouring into them every day to raise them. And it's been like a super hard year. It hasn't just been like a normal hard parenting year for a lot of people. It's been like an, a, an extra hard parenting year because of the pandemic. So... I think if there is, like, legitimate anger there, if you're feeling that when your husband says he's tired or just when you think about <laughs> the possibility that your husband's tired, obviously, you know that, of course he is. Everybody can get tired. But maybe there's just some things, like, you're feeling, like, maybe you need to think about, am I feeling unseen? Or is there a way that I'm not feeling cared for? Or something like that that you know, to think about. Or maybe you can just take a nap. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's so it's so hard when you're sleep deprived and like chronically sleep deprived, which I feel like in those early years of parenting, you get to that point where it's just like you feel like you're never going to be rested. And whew, takes a lot out of you. And then you add a pandemic on that, and wow, it's a lot. So, Lindsay, um, take care of yourself. Try to get some rest, and also, yeah, we're rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> it's so hard. I think her youngest is, I don't know how old her youngest is. Not like a, not like a tiny baby, but pretty young. Okay. Um, next question is from Laura. You're going to love this, Matthew. I know you just would love for me to talk about books. <laughs> uh, Laura says, talk about books. What are some of your favorite books? What genres do you like or dislike? How do you find great books to read? One of my favorites is she. Okay, so then she recommended something to me, which I love. One of my favorites is A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. If you like audiobooks, I recommend Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close by Jonathan Safran Foer, which I watched that movie, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Did you watch that movie? Mm, I did not. With, um, okay, so I'll just go in order of the questions. So I have to, I've always enjoyed reading, but last year, um, Danny, we had never, we had, I hadn't really used the library since our older kids were pretty small. And I don't know why, but I had never really used the library for myself. It was always for them. And, uh, Danny got a library card or like my, my library card had expired. So he got one. And I started using the library for myself and it totally 
made me start reading so much more because the thing about the library is it's so low stakes. Like, if you don't like a book, you just take it back and it didn't cost you any money. That's incredible. Libraries are amazing. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to talk about some of my favorite books that I've read recently uh, instead of like my all time favorite books. Because, um, where are my books? I'm on Goodreads, which I use to track my reading. Um, so, the, mostly the genre, genres that I like, I like fiction mostly. I have a really hard time with nonfiction a lot of the times. Uh, if it's not, like, here's the thing. When I read, I want to escape I, so if it's nonfiction, that makes it harder, right? You're not escaping. You're reading about, you know, real issues. <laughs> then you have to think about them. and ugh. But that's good, too. So some of my most favorite fiction that I've read, like, in the last um, year, uh, I read the novel Homegoing, which is by an, an African-American author and the thing I loved about this book, it was... So sometimes I feel like people have good ideas for books and then they're not executed well. This was an amazing idea for a book and it was just so well done. So it follows two sisters from like... They were they were half sisters from the 1700s in Africa and it follows their family trees over like 200 years. But one family stays in Africa and one family gets sold into slavery. And so it follows their families and it's just incredible. Oh, and the author, I don't know how to say her name, and I hate butchering people's names. It's Yah, Y-A-A, and then her last name is G-Y-A-S-I. And so, anyways, I read that. And then a book called Piranesi, I don't, I don't even know how to say the name of the book. It was by Susanna Clark, and it's a short book, which I love, and it was super fascinating. I don't even know how to describe it. I... Ate it. I ate it. I ate it. I ate the book. I was thinking I devoured it, and then I said eight. I read it in like a day and a half. Uh. <laughs> okay, so those are two of my favorite fiction books that I've read in the last few months, and then two nonfiction books that I read because. I'm trying to be better about reading some nonfiction. Matthew's bored tears over there. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> He's You're yawning. Okay. I want to do a Twitter thread on this book that I finished a couple days ago called Cast. C-A-S-T-E, like Cast System. Um, the Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel Wil Wilkerson. And it is... Wow. It is, it was so, so amazingly well-written. It is a book that frames um, the race issues in America as, like, as a caste system. Um, talks about them in that sort of framework. and But it's not just like this um, like scholarly book. It's a narrative, like there's stories, the author talks about her personal experiences. It's just... It was incredible. I loved it so much. And then I read a book called The Great Sex Rescue, <laughs> which I feel like 
our listeners would be interested in hearing about this book. So Sheila Gregoire is a Christian marriage slash sex blogger. Um, she's also an author. She has she's had other books before, and she did this um, survey a couple years ago, and twenty thousand women took the survey. I took the survey. It was online. And it was extensive. It took like 30 full minutes to go through it. And uh, it was all about your, you were answering questions about your marriage and your sex life. And then her, she and her team took these answers, this, this raw data, and just, wow. The, the amount of like correlations and all the things that they found and put together. And then they went through and they read like the most popular Christian marriage and sex books. And they kind of broke down some of the messaging in the books towards women. Um, it was mainly towards women. And um, then they wrote this book called The Great Sex Rescue. The little subtitle is The Lies You've Been Taught and How to Recover What God Intended. So I don't really like the title of the book because I feel like it would steer people away who don't really feel like they need any any input on this issue. But I think that if anyone, if, if a Christian has absorbed any of the messages of like the very popular marriage sex messages, that this book would be so beneficial. It was just, it was great. It was so well done. There were super fascinating statistics in it, and I loved it. I, it was great. So, yeah. Uh, did I answer all the questions? Okay, she said, how do you find great books to read? <laughs> so, I pay attention to when people talk about books that they like, and I request them from the library, because we, my library will deliver stuff to my doorstep, and... um. I will go to either Barnes and Noble or Target and I'll look at the popular books and I will make a note of them and then I'll request them from the library. (laughs) So very scientific method of finding good books to read and just read what people, other people are reading and what looks interesting. And I don't finish books that I don't like. If it's not interesting, I won't finish it. Because why would I do that? There's thousands of books out there. (laughs) It's not like a show, right? Or a movie. If you're not liking a movie, it's like, oh, it's just another hour. But if it's a book you're not liking, that's like, you know, six or seven more hours of reading. No, not happening. (laughs) That's it. Those Those are my book takes. I just, I just hope the evangelical thought leader will make the list at some point. A hundred percent it will. <laughs> I feel like I don't... Oh, somebody is... <laughs> it's fine. Just... Our spouses are uh, earning gold medals tonight. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you feel like what? I don't know. 
<laughs> I was going to say I have a hard time finding funny books that I enjoy. Um, yeah. I try, I like, I reread um, Bridget Jones' diary at the end of last year. It's just, an, I mean, I think it didn't age well. Like, I think I probably enjoyed it when I read it the first time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I haven't read like a comedy book in a while. So if anybody has recommendations for that, send them my way. You could read uh, David Sedaris. No. Yeah. I, was, I started to get into him a little bit uh, a few years ago, but it, I don't know, like it, I noticed that it was influencing the way that I wrote. So I kind of had to like oh. separate from it. I have to be okay. really careful about that sometimes. Like if I get really into a kind of uh-huh. book, like it kind of bends my my voice. And so I have to yeah. be careful about what I read. That's yeah, because it's different. It's it's if you're reading someone who's a who's funny <laughs> and that's your goal, then you should just read the Great Sex Rescue because you're not gonna <laughs> Yeah, me and, you're not gonna write a sex book. Me and me and Sheila are great friends. <laughs> you know what's really funny because she talked about how she hadn't read a lot of the books before before she wrote this book because she didn't want to like she didn't want to plagiarize she didn't want to she didn't want that same thing to happen that you were talking about mm-hmm. so that's that's interesting do you read i read i have really strange reading tastes like i read i read a lot of roger ebert like i'll i think he's a real it's going to sound weird I really like the way he puts thoughts and examples together, like just the, okay. the technical aspects of his writing, I think are really interesting. So like, I'll go back and read like his reviews from like the nineties and early two thousands, because that's, that's also in a format that I'm, I'm never going to really replicate either. So I don't have to worry uh-huh. about it. Um, you know, affecting the, my, my narrative. Uh-huh. And then I read a lot of like, uh, encyclopedias like wikipedia and things like that (laughs) that just really gets me i yeah you're just like information i do like information but uh, yeah i i don't know i just have to be be careful because i've noticed that it really affects the way i write when okay when i'm reading narrative voices okay interesting Kendra's a big reader. She is. Yeah. An audiobook listener, right? Yeah. I've I've just started doing audiobooks last year. So I listened to all the Chronicles of Narnia audiobooks, which were wow, mm-hmm. so just the best. And now uh I'm I'm kind of yeah. If I don't finish a book that I got from the library before I have to send it back, then I'll finish it on audiobook. Because <laughs> you can also get audiobooks from the library, and you can get Kindle books. It's amazing. I think Stephen King's really talented, too. I have never read it. I'm, 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 st- I'm a scaredy cat. I don't think yeah. I can do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't read a lot of his stuff. Just, I mean, I don't have... I mean, it's like, hey... You know, six months have passed. He has another 1,200-page novel out. 
He like, does write really long books. Yeah, um, I, and it's, it's hard because, yes, I'm a scaredy cat, but that, like, there is something so exhilarating about reading a book that you just, like, cannot put down. Mm-hmm. You're just like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I love that. So if you have any other questions or comments or hot takes or NCAA, uh, you know, if you would like me to talk about NCAA tournaments, <laughs> you can hit me up at fsbtkc at gmail.com. Please do that. Please, someone, give her a sports question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yes, I would love, please. I would love that. <laughs> okay, so for the for the outro music today, we have, we have a special treat. Uh, this is from listener Amy. She said that we inspired her with our with our Wow showdowns. So she sent us uh, a clip of herself playing Straight to the Heart by Michael W. Smith. So yes. we Amy is a music teacher, so I think she plays about 50 different instruments <laughs> proficiently. So she has no excuse to not learn uh, The Devil is Bad. And so... <laughs> Please don't do that, Amy. <laughs> uh, but no, thank you, Amy, for the, for the music. Yes. Uh, it is beautiful. And that is it. What is a Gonzaga?